welcome to Market Week in Review for the week ending October 2nd, 2020. I'm Laura Bardowick, and I'm joined by Chief Investment Strategist Eric Ristabin. Good morning, Eric. How's it going so far today? It's going well. It's going reasonably well. Um, good morning. Well, that's good to hear. You know, that's the best we can ask for in these strange days <laughs> and times. Yeah, no, I don't think anybody answers that question. It's going great. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I would be very suspicious if so. So, Eric, the three stories that I would like to touch on this week are the first presidential debate and any impact on market sentiment, key economic releases from this week, and finally wrap up with the ever-relevant topic of the ongoing pandemic. How does that all sound to you? I think it sounds good. Perfect. Well, let's go ahead and get started and talk a little bit about the first presidential debate that took place on Tuesday and any impact that we should be aware of in terms of market sentiment or or um, markets more broadly. Well, I, I, a couple of things to note. Um, one, you know, clients, and, and this is not at all together uh, surprising, have been asking a lot of questions about the election. Um, and I think there was probably an intense interest, not just here in the States, but I, I get asked those questions a lot from our, our non-U.S. clients as well. So I think there's a lot of interest and a lot of focus on the election. Um, the market reaction to the debate, um, think of it uh, what you will, but the, the reaction of the market really has been muted. Um, which is, I think, the right reaction. Uh, you know, one of the things that that we we try to make sure that, that clients understand is, you know, mixing politics and investments um, can be a dangerous mix, and it often is a recipe for uh, for 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 not successful investing. I, I always tell people uh, it's better to invest in the way the world is rather than the world the way you want it to be. Um, the one thing I always remind people is, is that um, in the United States, our government was you know, designed by our founding fathers who were rebels and very suspicious of government overreach. I, I just always tell people when we're in, in highly you know, uh, polarized and, and uh, types of elections we see this time, that it is really, really difficult to get anything really big done in this country. Um, and that is the way the founding fathers wanted it. They designed the government to be that way. Um, it is a, it is a feature, not a bug. Um, so, you know, you're, you're, you're kind of the worst case scenarios people have for the kind of whatever might be the legislative event, uh, agenda of the next administration in Congress. Um, I think it's best to kind of move away from those kind of extreme examples into more moderate shifts from, from where we sit here as a policy measure. Um, something to watch. Um, but at this point, we're still a long way away from election day. Very fair. And it's so important to have that historical context when looking for indicators for market activity. And speaking of indicators, you know, let's go ahead and hop onto economic data releases this week. Anything viewers should be paying particular attention to? When you look at the data, the data actually is 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 incrementally positive. Um, the you know we we saw PMI's purchasing manager index data come out for manufacturing in both the U.S. and Europe. Um, in in both cases, we're we're well into expansionary territory in terms of the activities of, of manufacturing it's in you know the U.S. and Europe. Um, you know China and a lot of um, other emerging market countries have been you know in recovery because China has actually uh, been in a recovery path longer than than we have because they experienced the virus earlier than we did. Um, so you know consumer confidence um, both in in Europe and in the U.S. Uh, was improved that the jump in the U.S. in consumer confidence was actually quite notable. I think 
frankly, a little surprising for folks. Um, but the economic sentiment in Europe is, is better than it was. Still not great on either consumer confidence or sentiment and, and business sentiment in Europe, but it's better than it was. So, you know, and then again, we, today we saw in the United States, the jobs report. Um, uh, you know, first of all, 661, uh, 660 some odd thousand jobs were created last month, um, which is a good thing. Um, it was lower than the consensus expectation of 800,000. And I think that's an indication that, you know, the, the, the difficulty that we're having with, you know, the, still the, the fairly significant coronavirus cases in the United States and, and, and a lot of states not being fully opened up, um, is, is, you know, creating a weight for the economy to actually carry. Um, so the economy is moving forward, but it's carrying kind of the weight of the coronavirus. So we're seeing more moderate improvements. Improvements both in, in employment. Um, it, it will take a fairly long time for employment to get back to where we saw unemployment to get back to where we saw it. Um, but you know, it's important to understand that even though the progress is slower than what we were seeing the last few months, it's still positive. Um, uh, it is still positive movement going forward, both here and in Europe. And those are the, the two areas that are currently experiencing the most difficulty with the virus, as I'm sure we'll no doubt talk about next. It is. And, you know, it's so relevant because not only is this an ongoing pandemic, of course, but it's so interwoven, as you've mentioned, with investments in markets, both here and across the pond. So shifting topics, you know, late last night, we in the U.S. got some startling news about the latest White House instance of COVID-19. What happened and what's news more broadly for the U.S. and Europe? Uh, well, obviously, the, the fact that the president of the United States and the first lady of the United States have tested positive for the coronavirus, um, you know, it, it, it's jarring. Uh, it will create some uncertainty in the markets. I, I wouldn't overreact to that uncertainty. Uh, you know, there, we have a, a well-defined system of government. I'm not concerned uh, and we're not concerned uh, about that. We're obviously are concerned about the health of the president, the first lady. I wish them a speedy recovery. Um, but if you needed proof uh, that anyone in the world can get the coronavirus, um, uh, this is it. So um, it is an indication of how unpredictable um, and how difficult it is to prevent um, this disease from spreading. And the reality is it's also illustrative of the fact that Europe, um, which which had massively decreased the number of cases and the number of deaths on a daily and weekly basis, are now seeing a resurgence in cases. Um, you know, really a second wave appears to be emerging uh, in, in Europe. It's important to kind of contextually understand that that second wave that we're seeing in Europe is, is certainly worse than it was three weeks or four weeks ago. It's not anywhere near yet where we're seeing it in March. And the idea is to make sure it doesn't get there uh, because if it gets to those levels, you're probably going to go out full lockdown. So, uh, you know, being able to kind of contain that. And, and we had a similar experience and we've been having a similar experience in the U.S. with a number of states that have seen kind of a reacceleration. We didn't really cut off the first wave. So we're really seeing a kind of continuation of a very long first wave in the United States. Um, we, we have arrested the rate at which that is actually um, uh, expanding. So I think the reality of the situation is that we're seeing um, Europe go through a similar fashion. We hope that they'll have the same results. 
uh, it is kind of this is the negative backdrop of some of that good economic data that I shared a little bit earlier. And I think that's the challenge is that the coronavirus remains the largest single risk factor, um, uh, risk to the economy, both here and, and everywhere in the world. And, and I think we can never lose sight of that. Um, we'll, we expect that Europe will have a similar experience in the United States. It will not have to go to full lockdown. And we do expect that the economic data will continue to improve in Europe and the U.S. as we move forward. Perfect. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Eric, thank you so much for joining us. And thank you all for joining us as well. We hope to see you next time. <laughs>